0: You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop by. Granger
1: for the ones who get it done. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel America's number one sports book is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and President in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expires seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You may
2: start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, that's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Those aluminum cans that comes in are recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities, so they won't just end up in your local landfill like plastic bottles. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundy's, or Hy-Vee, or find Liquid Death re- retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com/front/slash/filmstudy. That's liquiddeath.com/front/slash/filmstudy. folks welcome to another episode of film study this is ken mccusick you may be listening on a pod you may also be listening for the first time ever or watching on a youtube stream they're doing that for the first time uh tonight giving it a try seeing if we get some interaction with questions and whatnot uh love to hear from you fans uh with your comments we'll try to address what we can on the show uh you can probably see if you're not blind or you can't on the pod that uh jake vogel is joining me to talk about the ravens Defensive, and I'll use air quotes. Uh, <laughs> effort yeah. against the Dolphins in uh, Week Two. How you yeah. doing?
0: Jake? I'm doing great, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Um, unfortunately, this was about the worst week we could have uh, for a defensive pod. But um, it, I mean, we're here and we're going to talk about it, so that's okay.
2: I, I I dare not look yet. I cannot turn away. Uh, it's it's yeah. really one of those kind of situations. A, a terrible. uh collapse by the defense in some ways that are not good we're going to get into that a little bit Uh, but first of all where can people talk football with you online jake
0: uh so primarily on twitter um my my handles is here right under my name i mean right under the photo the video of me at real jake vogel i interact a ton on there i also do some podcasting or um kind of guest work hopping on shows like yours so uh, first and Gold Pod is the other place you can find me. All
2: right, great. Uh, yeah, So many things went wrong in this game, but I, I, one thing I think we need to talk about, and especially with some breaking news today, is about the injuries. So Stephen Means got hurt on his very first snap of the day. The Ravens went into this game with only three true outside linebackers, and then they, they used Harrison there as well, some as they've been doing on an emergency basis these first two weeks. I consider it an emergency basis. You?
0: Yeah, I mean I I definitely agree. You know, it, it's tough when you have injuries like that and you start the season with as few outside linebackers as possible, really. Um, yeah, it's 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 a tough scene.
2: Yeah, it's uh it it, it certainly was. I mean they 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 did some things they they're using means as part of the rotation with OA and Houston, or they were using him that way before the injury kind of the worst possible timing in a lot of ways Now you don't want to get too grubby about the dollars on something like this where Steven means has lost the entire season, but the Ravens it took a big cap hit for this to happen. Uh, means had been brought on to the, on week two, he was a veteran. His salary was only guaranteed week to week, but by being an IR, he's now guaranteed for the year, of course. And that uh, costs the Ravens uh, as well as means, of course, uh, uh, quite a bit. So that's a shame. Uh, we wish the best for Steven. Hope he gets healthy. Uh, and, uh, and the Ravens cap situation certainly didn't get any better, not through any fault of his own. The Ravens now have to try and go out and get an outside linebacker. I would presume they at the same time today, or coincidentally today, cut Kyler Fackrell.
0: Yeah. A really kind of bizarre situation when the depth at the position is getting so thin. I mean, it already is. Um, and they, they cut him. So clearly he wasn't working out. Uh, it wasn't going to be the right fit. So. Maybe they'll bring in somebody a little bit more accomplished. I know JPP, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, is the common name thrown around uh, Ravens circles, but it, it could be somebody else. Um, maybe there's somebody on a practice squad that the Ravens could poach to bring up um, that might be more appealing to some people.
2: It almost, To me, it almost has to be a vet men guy at this point with what they have left on cap. Now they could, they, I guess they could get JPP on a vet deal with bonuses that wouldn't be applied until next year's cap. Again, it might be a borrowing Peter to pay Paul situation that they don't really want to get into when they need the money to to pay Lamar next year. Uh, lots of other um, uh, you know questions re- re- revolve around this. The first being that the Ravens need is really at Sam linebacker, and I think there's some questions right now about whether they're getting full you know, certainly full production out of Owe, whether or not he's producing at a level he's capable of. Part of that may be that he's playing a little bit out of position right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's tough because ideally, Adafe Owe is your, um, you know, strong side rusher. He's He's the guy that's getting after the quarterback on an every down basis. You want him to be, you know, pinning his ears back, getting to the guy. And instead, he's being asked to you know, drop into coverage a little bit more than I think most fans would like to see. And without Tyus Bowser, without David Ajaba, which, you know, we haven't seen him at the NFL level, but not having other outside linebackers is really hurting what O.A. could potentially do. And and on top of that, we'll get into how much these guys are having to play. The snap counts are ridiculously high for Houston and O.A.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. And obviously that was a, a, you know, a need of circumstance. Now the only guy the Ravens have currently on the practice squad is Jeremiah Moon, who's a true outside linebacker. I, you know, I've heard. were you know, it's said, I don't believe it, that Delshawn Phillips could play outside linebacker uh, and is really a hybrid outside inside guy. I don't, I, I, I think he's about as much an outside linebacker as Harrison is, which is to say not at all. Um, yeah. And then, and, and seems to be playing out of position. So Obviously, that was one serious injury, and it's it's for the year uh when we look at what else happened during the game, that wasn't it at cornerback. the Ravens are struggling through various injuries. We'll talk a little bit about how they you know meted out snaps, maybe, but Humphrey didn't play the last two series when the game was on the line, and I am really concerned about what that
0: may mean yeah it it doesn't seem like a good situation when he's not out there. um he played most of the game he comes out and the team is literally falling apart. Th- that has to mean that the injury is more severe than just something that they're protecting him for next week. Uh, I-, I would be very surprised if he plays against new England, hopefully he can get back get healed up and play against Buffalo. But we have no idea what the severity of his injury is. i um, considering he didn't go out there and, you know, make an effort or, or maybe, maybe people were holding him back. I just don't quite understand that situation.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not good. It, it wasn't a, uh, another temporary injury obviously in terms of, of uh, uh, you know, there was no concussion protocol announced or there weren't other things. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make any sense unless, unless something is more seriously wrong and being a groin injury coming into the game that he'd been suffering through, stands to reason it may have had something to do with that that i guess in a, in the best case scenario he might have been not quite up to covering the speed of the dolphins on the outside and they said well he could go into the game but he won't help us that much you know with the kind of speed he can actually put on the field right now
0: yeah i, I mean i that's what we have to hope and and that that can definitely get better he can heal from that uh, it was just tough not having him out there because when he was on the field, the Ravens weren't giving up many points, and it wasn't because of Humphrey that they did score mm-hmm. points. So. Yeah, H-
2: Humphrey did look pretty good during the game, and that's something we uh, we certainly might talk about more. Demaryon Williams, who I think was one of the Ravens who really played pretty well. Uh, now, everybody got a little bit burned, and he ended up mm-hmm. giving up one of the touchdowns to the tight end, 85. Forget yep. the name there. Cro uh,
0: Crawcraft.
2: Yeah. That's it. Is it Craycraft?
0: Cray, Craycraft. C-R-A-C-R-A-F-T. Yeah. Craycraft, yeah.
2: So anyway, I thought he played very well. Uh, you know, the one good thing to come out of this game or one of the good things to come out of this game defensively was that Demarion Williams really seems to be the Ravens slot corner now. I thought he earned that during the preseason. Mm-hmm. I don't think any there's any business that having Kyle Fuller on as the third corner. In fact, I thought it made a lot of sense to have him be a, a you know a backup injury protection, kind of like Jimmy Smith. And kind of unfortunately ended up being a lot like Jimmy Smith. He's hurt already. And, yep. and he, you know, he he played only briefly. But Demarian Williams looks like to be the real deal from the from the game he played against the Dolphins.
0: Uh I agree completely. He looked, you know, he looked really good um in coverage. He was sticky. He made a couple plays on the ball. Um, it's just unfortunate. There there's gonna be uh plays made on you when you're a young player, um, let alone if you're an, an alpha corner. I mean, it happens mm-hmm. to Jalen Ramsey. Um, so, you know, he took his lumps, but he looked pretty good out there.
2: A lot of, a lot of things we may get back to talking about him a little bit later. I don't, I don't want to, uh, get into it all right now while we're kind of introing the show here, uh, really epic fourth quarter collapse. Obviously they entered the fourth quarter having just scored. Well, not too long left in the third quarter, a touchdown to go up what 35 to 14. And then they got outscored 28, three in the fourth, uh, just, It it could not be much worse than that, obviously. But here's what's worse about this. The Ravens, when they've gotten in such situations, have been really expert at closing out games um, with a very soft prevent defense. This this team is absolutely built to play dime defense and have eyes in the backfield, get turnovers. They had two turnovers earlier in the game. One of them was with a dime on the field. And I was really excited at halftime. They'd they'd have six plays of dime or quarter in the first half. Last play of the first half was actually a quarter snap, their first of the year. They had five other dime snaps, total of 20 yards, one interception on those plays. And you're thinking, great, we got them where we want them. We're up 21. We got dime defense more or less the rest of the way. You know, you got to play some other things in the third quarter, but it's going to be mostly dime the, the rest of the second half. And then it was the dime itself. That actually completely fell uh, fell apart. Uh, they allowed 12.5 uh, yards per play on dime and quarter snaps.
0: Yeah, it's it's really bizarre, and I'm sure there's there's a lot more nuance to why it fell apart um, besides the fact that it was just a dime defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we can get into that a little bit later, but I, I definitely have some comments on the safety usage. Um, you know, at the at the beginning of the snap versus, you know, where those guys potentially could be. There, there
2: certainly was some of that showing up and we can talk about that whenever you want, but, but uh, on the 60 yard touchdown, up the left Mm -hmm. sideline to Hill in particular, um, I, I I have in the last few hours seen indications that I think that that was Hamilton's error and you've seen as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, it's so, to describe the play a little bit, uh Hill was on the left side in single covered by Jalen Armor Davis. And I'll just say this if there was no plan for safety help over the top, that's about the worst defense you can consider running at that point in the game. You're not, you're not sending the house to rush the pass with uh, rush the passer with cover zero. Hamilton ran up to the line of scrimmage late and said something to Williams. Williams then bailed diagonally down the field towards the left sideline in a way I've never seen. Like you, you see guys bail out, they often will spread out from their point from the A gap or whatever, mm-hmm. but you really see a safety on one side of the line of scrimmage bailing out hard to the other side. And of course, snap got made. Hill was much too quick to, to for the for the play to get covered back there by Williams. And then at the end of the play, and of course, Williams was, to his credit, the closest to covering when he had when the ball was, I think, caught. Would be the fairest what do you say, he's still eight yards, six yards, whatever it was, away from hill, uh hill waltzed in easily, of course, touchdown the very first thing you can see on 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 some of the angles that I've seen is uh, Williams clearly turning to Hamilton, who was also chasing the play. And making a symbol like this, as in you're supposed to be back here, right? That's something to really look for. By the way, after the play, look for players emoting at each other. Tremendous clues to be found there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I saw the same stuff. Um, I can't remember if it was that specific play or um, one of the other late touchdowns, but I I just had a comment that like, it seemed like Mike McDonald. Or the safeties themselves, but most likely the play caller, which is getting too cute with with the coverage. Uh, I think it was a. Let me find it here. Um, yeah, it was the third and six in the fourth quarter with five minutes and twenty nine seconds left. Um, Ravens rushed four. The safeties were all near the line of scrimmage. All all three of them. Um, you know, Chuck Clark, uh, Kyle Hamilton, and Marcus Williams. I think you're describing
2: the third and six. You're describing the sixty yard touchdown.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and okay. that was that was the one that we just talked about. So, yeah, I I just can't I can't wrap my mind around how they would play it that way when they had the chance to get off the field, and I don't know.
2: I, I don't think that was coaching. I think it was execution. I think that was a case of Hamilton being in the wrong place. And Hamilton yeah. seems to be one of the guys who's getting off at various levels of blame here, but you know there, there are two plays that he was involved in, one with Peters on the right side, where hard to really say if he's supposed to be deep covering that play or whether he is uh, supposed to be, cover- I think it was Waddle who was coming on a shorter crossing route, but it was still fairly deep. Uh, so the question was, if it's not him, then Queen has to be the backup for dragging that route underneath, and that's very that's very. That's a big ask of Queen, and and you know, frankly, yeah. either way, I I really don't like it as a as a scheme choice. I think it you know it leaves you with a pretty big uh, empty hole in the middle of the field. So, uh, but but I obviously it was not a good thing that that uh, uh, Peters was not on the back end of cover three and covering that. Peters is a very emotional player, mm-hmm. and what I did not see after that play was Peters doing the the thing he commonly does to other players which is to cock his head or otherwise point at them or do other things that would immediately tell you that guy did the wrong thing this was more like peter's realizing he got beat deep and not necessarily that he shouldn't let it happen but that was on him he was it was his responsibility
0: yeah i noticed the same thing like it definitely did not look like he was looking for help um after the play uh he just looked He looked lost a little bit. You know, he had plenty of cushion, but it's Tyreek Hill and Peters is coming off a a torn ACL and that's just a tough situation. And honestly, the way Tua throws the deep ball, he doesn't really have the arm strength to get it there. It was underthrown enough um, that if Peters turned his head around, he may have been able to make a little bit of a play. But. Uh, I think he just felt beat already and that Tyreek had, you know, passed him up too much uh, for for him to really make a play on the ball.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I see that uh, Canis underscore FA says that Hamilton is responsible for both of the deep balls. I, I think you're, you're possibly correct there that there was supposed to be help coming from safety, but if it's cover three um, pretty good chance that, uh, Peters is actually the back end of responsibility on that, meaning there's somebody up closer. And obviously, with Terry Kill, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's you know, the, the, your big danger is letting him get over the top. Um, I, I, I it's not a hundred percent obvious that, that Hamilton couldn't have been back up on the back end for Hill. Um, but he's got deep middle responsibility, and that's a little different. So he can go to one of several different places, but one of the things he's got to respect is a deep crosser, and that's, I believe, what was run underneath him by uh, uh, by Waddle. So not 100% sh- clear to me which way he should have gone on that play, but uh, from from Peters' emotional response after the play, that more looked more like to me that Peters knew he was at fault than, uh, Hamilton, what the hell are you doing? Right. Uh, And, and, and it was also the second touchdown of the two, right? I'm thinking correctly. Yes. So, so after what had happened on the first one, he would have been in Hamilton's face about it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would, I have to believe that he would not have, um, no, I'm sorry. It was the first of the two. It was the first of the two. So 48 was, was, and then the 60 was after it. So either way, I think it's Peters. He would have he would have been made it very clear how unhappy he was on the field uh had Hamilton had that responsibility. But it looked like he had deep third to me. And and if so, then it's a difficult one to pin directly on him. Maybe Hamilton should have realized quicker what was going on in terms of having eyes in the backfield and and been over. That's a fair judgment, but I don't think it's fair to to say it was only his fault. I think Peters has got to be the back end of that cover three and it's gotta, gotta be uh able to stay with Hill as well as he can. Um, and what he did was not, not close enough.
0: Yeah. I have to agree with that. We want to get to next.
2: All right. Yeah. Let's move on here. Um, a whole bunch of things that, that didn't work out. I think we've hit on some of them with the, with the particular, uh, notes we've been on. Otherwise I thought, you know, they played did some decent things in the, in the end zone, trying to cover passes Uh, Clark was underneath on the touchdown pass that went high to Giusecki. That was like a zipper play as you would call it. If you watch the, by the way, great watch, if you can find it, I think you probably can. The 2004 Ravens jets game from the Meadowlands is available. It's usually on YouTube. Somebody posts it every so often, but it's, but the, the video is certainly available Um, is, is a uh, one done entirely by uh, audio bites from coaches players and other people who are there at the game including the announcers but nothing from a narrator way ahead of its time it's like the 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 precursor to to fx is that the show or sound fx whatever it's called yeah. uh terrific uh broadcast really worth g- uh, going after it um and i'm trying to i'm forgetting now exactly what i was going to make in terms of a the, point
0: the zipper play we we're yes, talking the about play. yeah
2: so they, they they threw it twice to Clarence Moore in that game for both of the Ravens touchdowns. They end up winning 20 to 17 in overtime. Uh but Clarence Moore went up high and 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 threw it. And then uh, you know, they were basically out of options. They said, okay, you want to throw a zipper again? Go ahead. But we have to kick if you don't make it, kind of thing. And and uh sure enough, Clarence Moore goes up, gets the ball. He'd alligator armed an earlier ball, and you actually get to hear mm-hmm. Billick say, you know, that's what we talk about when we in Redemption. After after that earlier play, you know, you may come back and made this one. So uh, it's, it's good, that really cool to hear that kind of stuff. They're, Ed Reed is playing rock, paper, scissors with Will Demps on who's going to blitz at one point. It's, it's just there's some, there's some hilarious yeah. stuff in that video. It's really worth seeing. All right. Um, here's my biggest problem with the whole collapse. This team is entirely built around the safety depth that they have. I mean, it's it's the strength of the team. They kept Chuck Clark. Uh, you know, they're prepared to make choices to get inside linebacker coverage deficiencies off the field entirely. So far, they have not done that. Queens played every snap. Uh, they haven't found a replacement for him. Ross could have probably been it. He's now on IR. Don't know for how long, but he's on IR. Uh, it, it's it's a position where they had options, uh, but. One of the options they have is to get Stone on the field to play the back end, a much more disciplined cover guy, a much more play the bracket player. Bring Hamilton up into the box where he can hopefully wreak some havoc, and you know, in another sense, not cause problems for while Mm -hmm. he's learning the NFL game. Uh, Along with Clark, you you know, you can have your two better cover guys, Williams and Stone, on the back end. It would it would surprise me greatly if we don't see a move to that pretty quickly. I think I think Hamilton will still get snaps. I just think we're going to see more of Stone in the back end. We saw eight snaps in this game.
0: Yeah, I I agree 100% and something that Hamilton was known for in college was the ability to cover tight ends and you see that, you know, throughout training camp with the matchups between Hamilton and Isaiah Likely, you know, just putting him in the box um in the slot area covering the big body players mm-hmm. it it just makes a lot more sense than than asking him to you know, do these challenging things, safety and corner are both really difficult uh, positions for rookies to learn at the NFL level. So um, while he's still, you know, getting his feet wet, I I love that idea of maybe moving queen off the field occasionally because he still is not showing enough in coverage um, and getting those safeties on the field. Like Geno stone's a good player and he could Mm -hmm. definitely see some more time. Yeah, it, it, I I think that'd be an exciting change. And I I
2: I with with this game out of Queen, which was another one that was not good. I think that you got to start thinking about what's going on and all the all the problems. Well, all, all the good that you do with the Ravens having a good shell, and they they you know are short on that with the corners they have right now. But all of the the good safety depth that they have is a little bit undone. When you have Queen on the field on third down, you can rush the passer with him. But then that's just an unflexible, inflexible player. And while Queen is fast and uh, you know a, a reasonably big body to be that fast, um, he's honestly not that much better than a safety. I don't think for rushing the passer, it gives you a little bit. But, but yeah. you know, Anthony Levine had three sacks. And, you know, other other Chuck Clark can give you something as a pass rusher when you need him to. Uh, I, I, so I don't really see the value. In giving up that much coverage ability uh, on that play, and and you know we've said it earlier in this one, whatever they asked him to do that's between level two and level three, we can pretty much assume it's not going to get done. It's it's too much to ask him to to uh, cover that part of the field.
0: Yeah, it was it was just a really disappointing game for Queen. Uh, you know, a lot of people noticed that he had a better game in Week One against the Jets, even though he was still saved at the end of that game. Uh, by not uh, having that touchdown pass caught, you know, in the in the week one game, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it was it was really tough in coverage. He was slipping a lot on the field. I don't know if you noticed that too um, at the second level where he was, you know, running with someone and he just mm-hmm. fell down. Um, so I don't really understand what's going on with him in coverage. But until it gets fixed, I, I say you you put somebody that's a little bit more reliable in there.
2: All right. Uh, let's move on and talk about some packages now. And this is, this is one of the things in this game where the Ravens, certainly they, they, they had options, but they also had constraints. And, uh, we need to talk about that a little bit as we go through this. Uh, let's get back to my appropriate page here and start with what they did. They had, um, their Dolphins ran 69 snaps so the Ravens ran an assortment of plays. They ran one jumbo play. That was on a fourth and one sneak by Tua. Uh, One-yard one yard snap. There's nothing really to say about that that's unusual. They just put a fourth down lineman in the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When they played base, they did do something in particular. So base in the 3-4 defense, as most people know, is three down linemen, two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers, and four defensive backs two safeties and two corners. That's, that's base defense. And you play it a lot. You play it a lot on first down. It's often the, the defense you start the game with and you, you typically do it unless the other team puts three wide receivers on the field, even uh, at the beginning of the game. Uh, There are down and distance situations where you then change those, change those decisions. But most of the, 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 um, personnel decisions in the first half for the defense are actually made by the offense. The offense puts 11 personnel on the field. They are said to force the nickel. And they you know that forces you to put that third cornerback on the field uh, to cover that slot receiver. So anyway, base defense, what the Ravens did that was a little unusual in this game is they used two inside linebackers, but they also used Harrison at outside linebacker, which is essentially putting three inside linebackers on the field. Now, they put him at outside linebacker. I I believe you're actually taking a loss in two different ways. And Jake, maybe you'd like to give your thoughts on this before I I, I dig into this any deeper.
0: Uh, sure. I mean, I, I thought Harrison had a decent game, especially early on. Um, but what he does not offer is pass rush uh, skill. Um, he is he's kind of a liability out there when he's actually asked to get after the quarterback in any you know sort of fashion. Um but he can hold the edge pretty well. Um and he can tackle running backs, but I, I don't really understand the the usage besides the lack of healthy bodies. Yeah, I mean that's
2: really what it was. And uh he was out there to start the games. They were already thinking about rotating means away and Houston and conserving all their snap. And then they lost means of course, on his very first snap. And those guys had to each take a increased role, uh, including a a pretty significant role by Harrison in this game. Uh, But I I thought it was interesting that they, uh, that they ended up with, uh, with him in the same package all these times Uh, that didn't work out. And base defense, the Ravens gave up 125 yards on 15 plays That's 18.8.3, sorry, yards per play. And when you think about it, that's more bad because most of their base defense was played in the first half before the Dolphins' offense mm-hmm. really got rolling. But it did happen that the 59 yard play uh, to Waddle was uh, was one where he was on at Q2 14 14. So um, that was you know, roughly half the yards uh, involved in that. One of the early run plays, I don't know, I don't remember if it was the first snap or one of the early Dolphins snaps from scrimmage, Harrison really got beat to the outside. On a play where I thought, uh, you know, that was maybe something he could get to, but uh, but he could either couldn't get depth or or, or uh, was beaten to the edge by the running back.
0: Yeah, the the first one. So it's the first play is from scrimmage for the Dolphins. I had a seven yard run. Bynes kind of got caught in the wash, and Harrison almost makes a play, mm-hmm. uh, but he didn't get there. So that that might have been the one you're talking about.
2: Yeah, that's the one. That uh, is the one. So having all three of those guys on the field definitely is, is n- you're not getting Tyus Bowser as an outside linebacker in terms of coverage skills. You're also probably not getting Tyus Bowser as a pass rusher. This team really needs him back, by the way. can't even, it, Maybe. if, if <laughs> I I'm not even completely sure at this time, whether this team needs Ronnie Stanley back more or more than they need Tyus Bowser. I think prop Tyus, Ronnie is the biggest domino, so probably they still need him back more. But the right. team's so short at outside linebacker, I'm not even 100% sure of that right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're just talking about pass protection, uh, you can make a serious argument that Patrick McCarry and what they're doing with chipping and stuff is doing enough for the offense to move the ball through the air. The running game is still dreadful outside mm-hmm. of Lamar. Um, but the the pass rush is non-existent. Uh, you know, outside of Justin Houston, who I thought did play really well, he just I think he got gassed. Um, but he was one of the players I I thought did a good job in this game.
2: Yeah, really one of the only guys to provide pass rush value in the game. Tua uh had the ball out quickly a bunch of times. I want to get into that in the pass rush, but but basically twenty four of. Fifty or fifty-one. I think he threw fifty passes. We so had fifty-one dropbacks, including the sack, and twenty-four of those times uh, he had the ball out quickly, which means uh, before pressure could develop, the ball was out. They had all sorts of slants and screens and swing mm-hmm. passes to running backs, and um, even the play action they ran developed really quickly. So they were they were uh, you know doing things there. Two is a um, pretty rare and different cat in some ways from Lamar in that. Uh, he does go pretty much all the way into the mesh point on a lot of his play action fakes, which Lamar does not. So uh, I was very impressed by that in terms of, of what he brought to the table in terms of accuracy. He's, he, you know, he obviously had a great game in this one uh, did maybe slightly underthrow both of the deep balls, but on mm-hmm. that, uh, when, when, when you're wide open, that open, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it, not only does it not matter, you're incented to underthrow it slightly because, yeah. because, you know, it's, it's just, you, you need to maximize the completion percentage as opposed to, the, the yak at that point. <laughs> so.
0: mm-hmm.
2: All right. Uh, let's talk about packages some more. So the, the nickel, when the, the standard nickel, when they got to play it, was terrific. Two down linemen, two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers. This is the standard one with three cornerbacks and two safeties. Let's talk about what's the difference between that and the big nickel. And there are a couple, even though it should be only one player. You should be changing a safety for a slot corner. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, had the, the third safety on of course was Hamilton and the third cornerback on was Demarion Williams. So you can see maybe how the upgrade went there. Um, but in addition um, they played a lot of Harrison in the big nickel. So they had three inside linebackers on the field for, I'm sorry, I had this wrong. They put a lot of Harrison on the field as one of two inside linebackers on, on those, uh, on those packages. So that was something we saw. Um uh, the standard nickel eleven plays thirty one yards two point eight yards per play by far the ravens most effective package in terms of of what happened um they they were responding to eleven personnel with it so right there you know with the with the dolphins threats that they can provide in terms of eleven personnel you would think that's an area where the ravens might be in a little bit of trouble Hmm. but the nickel came through and was and was was decent in that way
0: yeah i i will i will say the the linebackers on the field were a little bit problematic when you're talking about the way Mike McDaniel and that Dolphins offense were moving around Jalen Waddell throughout the game. And, and he was the guy, I mean, both him and Tyreek Hill, but Waddle was the guy throughout the whole contest was really destroying the Ravens defense. Uh, they were moving him around. He was getting lined up uh, against linebackers because when you're the innermost slot receiver on a side and the defense is playing in a nickel um, or or base or, you know, a situation where it's, it's a zone coverage and you just have the second level defender as a linebacker and a safety, that's what he was getting. And he was just finding this open space and creating yards after the catch. And you can't you can't have those situations but it's also hard when the offense is changing what the unit looks like from the huddle to then breaking and all the motion that they do
2: yeah I mean they, they have motion they also um because they use a lot of the same multiple tight end looks that the Ravens did they played a lot of 12 that's why you know the Ravens responded with some big nickel looks um that that gives defensive coordinators fits on how they'll how they'll line up against receivers depending on where they line up so yeah there were there were issues with that um I did think Damarian Williams did a reasonable job he did some good jobs reaching across the body of the receivers that I really like is one of the things I really liked in this game Mm -hmm. was seeing that he's a short corner who has length issues and length issues at corner can be really severe because, you know, when you have a true contested catch that length really helps uh, in terms of, of being able to get to the football first, dislodge the football, even if you get there second, all of those things. But he has a, like a late breaking leap he's done. And he's been able to do it a number of times without, without creating a pass interference flag that I've been really impressed by. And just in in that respect, he uh, he did some very good things here. I, I do think Hamilton did some things, good things as well. But I'll give you a chance to respond first of all to the to the uh, uh, Marion Williams stuff. All right, I think we may have a frozen screen from Jake here. Not sure. So there, still with us, Jake? Okay. Well, he'll be back. So anyway, the the other uh, player I want to make sure we talk about a little bit here is is in the big nickel uh, when uh, when Hamilton was on the field. So one of the uh, one of the problems here is that um, it, the results, of course, sixteen plays, one hundred and four yards, and uh, we got you back, Jake. Yep, we're back. All right, outstanding, fantastic. Uh, so, so I want to give you a chance to talk about DeMarion Williams a little bit before we move on to Hamilton and the Big Nickel.
0: Yeah, so I thought Pepe played extremely well in spots. Uh, you know, he gave up the touchdown, but. Prior to that, I believe it was just the play before he yep. had a beautiful pass deflection where you're you're the same thing that you're talking about reaching across the frame, um, knocking that ball down um, against Craycraft. Um, you know, a tight end, number eighty-five. He, he actually, I think he's a wide receiver. He's listed as a wide receiver for them. A little bit smaller frame, but nonetheless, uh, he's bigger than Pepe. Most people are. Um, so it, it was impressive to see the the sticky coverage there. And I believe he had uh, a couple other pass deflections or or nice hits that kind of jarred a jarred ball out. Yeah, they um, weren't all
2: called that. But yes. for my money, he had three pass deflections in the game. You know, One of them came when the play got hurt where he knocked the ball loose. He's got to be given some sort of credit for breaking up that pass. Uh, another one was on a ball behind him where he definitely finished off sorry, behind the receiver where he definitely finished off the separation from the football even if he didn't start it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I thought a terrific game from him and I really uh I really hope we see more of Pepe. I think he he uh he gives you some things that are that are good. Downhill player too mm-hmm. uh you know he's tough. He did get blocked pretty easily uh but I think it was I think it was Armstead who actually made the block on him, uh, which is that's gonna be a mismatch for any right corner. Uh, on the that little six yard swing pass to Waddler, wide receiver screen on the left side was one of their early touchdowns. Might have been their touchdown of the first half. He just kind of walked in, even though there was a substantial amount of traffic. They had everybody blocked.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to see if I found it, but that's okay.
2: All right, no problem. Let's move on to Big Nickel here a little bit because Hamilton was in the game then, and Hamilton did some good things in this game. I think you know he he uh, had a big hit to make sure the play was finished on a third and long. Uh, where there had been consecutive pressures by Houston, who didn't close down the sack, and then Campbell, who came in and got a second pressure on the play to to kind of force the throw out, and then Tua th- threw the ball well short of the line to gain, and Hamilton came in and finished it off quickly. If if that play had been a little different in terms of timing, I think it would have been a forced fumble, and mm-hmm. uh, or or definitely oh, could have been
0: absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was a huge play by Hamilton. Um, you you really kind of felt all right. He's He's starting to come into his own a little bit, making that hit. And you're right that the timing of it, you know, it was good in some respects and completions are good, but forced fumbles and creating those turnovers is just special. Um, and if he, if he waited a little bit or, you know, was just further down the field and then hit him, there, there is that chance of a forced fumble, but uh, nonetheless, a nice hit by Hamilton. He did a, a couple. Um, he had a couple of those plays in this game where, you know, he also gave up some things and most likely was the fault of some of the deep t- touchdown issues. But um, he, he had some nice plays as well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move
2: on. Uh, uh, the standard dime was kind of the uh, one of the real problems in this game. The uh, Ravens had played really good dime defense for effectively 52 minutes of this game. And in the last eight minutes of the game, they surrendered four plays of 20 plus yards. And they weren't just over 20. They were 48, 60, 21, and 28, uh, all in the final 754. And then for the game, they gave up 23 plays uh, for 262 yards in the standard dime. That's 11.4 yards per play. This is the Ravens' strength, folks. This is what they do really well as they play dime defense. And, you know, they give opportunities for players on the back end to get interceptions. Uh, They have eyes in the backfield, you know, wreaking havoc on a receiving core. And the Dolphins were just able to run right by the entire Ravens defense, which, uh, you know, takes away some of the value of that dime. And It's what's so frustrating about this game is the Ravens had exactly the game script that they wanted into those, you know, going into the fourth quarter, even going into the last eight minutes, if you want to talk about that, but going into the fourth quarter for certain, and they couldn't capitalize on it. They, uh, you know, they had a they had a, a big lead they had the ability to play dime every single snap if they wanted to and and that you know Miami was passing every down so it's not like they, they were they ran the ball a bunch of times they threw right in around and through it uh, and uh that is what's exceptionally frustrating is that this is the Raven's strength and the only thing that they can do right now as I see it is these same players have to get better at the things they just failed at which is one of the hardest things. It's not like, you know, we can advocate for a new scheme or a, you know, there's going to be something that's different about the way they rush the passer. Maybe, maybe you could point to that, but Mm -hmm. I think primarily this is just, they got to get better at playing dime defense and and playing good assignment football that allows them to get the turnover opportunities they they had earlier in the game.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. There's, there's a lot to it in this game. Like with Humphrey going out changes, the personnel, um the pass rushers getting gassed the offense you know slowing down to just a sputtering um a sputtering speed i guess in in the fourth quarter and the offense also like with that they were not taking time off the clock and they were putting the defense back on the field even with the spectacular run by Lamar Jackson they only had two plays prior to it so that series the offense had A first down and a second down. It was a third and two, I believe. And Lamar housed it for a 79-yard touchdown, which was great. We were up 35-14, I believe, at that point. Um, But then it was downhill from there for the the offense. And this is not an offensive pod, so we don't need to get into the fourth down conversions and the lack thereof. But so so much of what went right in 2019 was – the the clock management, the the ground yep. and pound control, and that helps the defense so much. And in this game, we saw the opposite of that in, in the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, they got out snapped badly in this game after being way up early on. Um you know, they after that first drive where they you know had it for 10 minutes, even though the Dolphins had had, had a pretty long drive and the Ravens had an 18 play drive that ended in the fumble, but still 18 plays the defense being out there on a hot day is a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Uh that was that was really a shame to see them lose the snap count in the end by what 15? Was it 69, 54, I think, for the game? Yeah, and, that sounds and right. Yeah. They lost to the Jets last week. And this is very un-Ravens like and it comes back to the inefficient run game. And you know, you can't you 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 really can't fault the Ravens for or Lamar certainly for a 79-yard run for a TD, obviously. Um, but you, you can say I'd rather have the, these yards per carry be a little bit less barbelled than they are in terms of the results and not have, you know, 12 carries for 12 yards from my my top running backs. I don't know if it was quite that bad, but it wasn't good. Right. Um, but between Davis and Drake, Davis was particularly just seemed to be running it's into a brick
0: wall. Exactly. A brick wall is is the, the same exact terminology I would have used. It, it was it was pathetic. I, I don't. I don't really know if there is some sort of vision issue, but I I primarily would put this on the offensive line, not getting a lot of push for these Mm -hmm. guys. And Justice Hill, he didn't have many snaps, uh, not many carries in this game. He had the one that was a highlight, which is sad. It was like an 11-yard run, but that that, that was a highlight for the Ravens running backs. And (laughs) there's a clip going around Twitter right now with just this, this image of the play where there is this gaping hole where he Mm -hmm. could have just housed it, you know, with his four, three speed, potentially, you know, scored a touchdown. The Ravens end up scoring a touchdown because it's the end of the first half drive where they, they're going down. I guess Hill possibly could have been getting out of bounds um, to stop the clock, but the Ravens did have three timeouts. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, I was just commenting on, on the run game and how Justice Hill might be the guy until Dobbins gets back. Uh, we'll see what's what's happens uh, this next week.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not honestly sure Dobbins will be the complete answer for the Ravens. This is unfortunate. Uh, you know, they have a little bit of the speed player they need, probably in Hill, to get to the outside. Now, I I agree with you that he really missed an opportunity to go to turn it north, as I yes. as I've heard it seem called. But but one of the issues there was, I think the defense was collapsing from inside out at that point. I'm not saying he made the right choice. I think he made the wrong one, but I think it only would have been about a 20 yard run, not a 45 or something based sure. on, you know, where he was on the field. Uh, but it's still wrong choice. You know, certainly the wrong angle. And it looked like both of the blockers were setting up for him to move <laughs> to the inside. So, exactly. You
0: know. They were, blo- they were both blocking outside and he had this lane. Uh, nonetheless, that, I mean, they, they scored. So the sin isn't as bad. Yeah. Uh,
2: All right. Only one other package I want to talk about. That's the quarter. So on those, the Ravens all lined up each time with Owe, Houston, and Queen on the field. One defensive lineman that did change some. I think it was Campbell and Matt at BK on on two or three of the plays. And four safeties in the game. So we saw that for the first time this year with Stone and Hamilton, Mm -hmm. both on the field at the same time with the the big two. uh, And three cornerbacks. The first play was the last one of the first half. That went for just a run left for three. For whatever reason... You know, they they decided to run out the clock, but they didn't decide to kneel it. I couldn't, I can't yeah. come up with any logical reason why they do that. The Ravens mm-hmm. weren't trying to call yeah. timeouts. So. Yeah, I
0: don't know what, what was that
2: silliness. And then the unfortunately, the next two were both touchdown passes. They're both two of the second half touchdown passes, and and they were only quote unquote fourteen and seven yards. So it doesn't make the overall yards per whatever look as terrible as some of the other splits do, but both of those were touchdowns including the game winning touchdown with 19 seconds left
0: yeah i feel like the last one um was partly due to injury uh the situation that they had all of the safeties on the field um i believe another corner went down or or maybe they were just trying to get their best coverage players on the field but uh you know you could talk your talk yourself into that if humphrey was available would would Geno Stone have been on the field or would Hamilton – probably Hamilton would have still been out there because of his length.
2: Right. They had – they did not have Humphrey on the field. Yeah. They did have Stone. They did not have Marion Williams. That was a big loss. Yeah, Pepe, and they, yeah. And they put Worley back on the field. Yeah, I, I, I've i been calling on Pepe all the time. I know he prefers that. Uh, we, We're running into this thing always too where when we're doing the notes – i have this d williams and and uh, uh, yeah I, and
0: marcus as well right and, and marcus
2: and i keep wanting to call marcus chad williams Yeah, the old <laughs> raven safety who was yeah. was a really good dime back but anyway it's it's uh it's d and m hey folks hope you'll join us for part two when we come back and we talk about the uh the pass rush some individual player information uh and take some questions from the film study mailbag but uh, thanks for joining us so far uh, again, give, uh, Jake Vogel a, uh, a follow. He's at real Jake Vogel and he'll be back for us for the second part as well. T- talk to you next time on film study.